This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Democratic presidential candidate Bernie Sanders and New York Representative Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez have unveiled a plan to significantly cut carbon dioxide emissions from public housing across the U.S. over the next 10 years. It's the latest move to bring elements of the Green New Deal into action. The plan, released on Thursday, would retool the energy source of about 1.2 million federal housing units, as well as provide funds for solar installation on these sites and renewable energy sources. The cost was stated at around $180 billion. Emma Newberger of CNBC following the story, and she joins us right now. Emma, thanks for your time. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you. This is certainly an ambitious plan. I think a lot of what we hear in the Green New Deal is is obviously ambitious. But if there is a place to start, I guess, for legislators, federal housing is probably as good a spot as any to start. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the thing about the Green New Deal is that it's, you know, a giant, broad, sweeping framework, um, you know, tackling the climate change issue. And this recent announcement is so notable because it's really, you know, their first attempt to peg a certain area um, and, you know, to look at the affordable housing crisis um, as a specific policy issue. Um, And so I suppose the main thing to know is that, you know, the legislation is attempting to give, you know, all of the country's public housing units um, an energy efficiently efficiency complete overhaul. Um, so a super ambitious plan, you know, it's going to cost, you know, up to $180 billion um, to take on all those public housing units in the U.S., many of which are, you know, in poor condition and make them completely energy efficient um, within a 10-year framework um, powered by on-site renewable energy. So it's so a major, major initiative. But part of this is going to end up being uh, the, the partnership between the federal government and state governments in getting all of these different housing housing uh, uh, facilities kind of brought up to up to snuff. Right. I mean, I think, you know, so most real estate is, you know, obviously private. So this bill would, would part, uh, public, uh, target the public housing as a way for, you know, the federal government to get involved, get buildings to use less energy and, and become more resilient. Um, so, you know, it, it would be kind of a complicated and, you know, in terms of prospects of passing legislation like this. And similarly to all big climate proposals we've seen, you know, extremely low in the current Congress would be majorly complicated, you know, as a you know, connection between the federal and state um, governments. Um, but it could, you know, it, it's one of those things that influences policy agenda for the next administration. It's influencing, you know, the 2020 election. Um, and, you know, it's an issue of climate change and you know, affordable housing that, you know, won't go away anytime soon. Some of the numbers that you lay out uh, in terms of the potential cost, cost savings, are, are fairly significant here when you think about the amount of housing that we're talking about in, in cities around the United States. Right. So, okay, so according to Sanders and AOC, the, the bill would create 240,000 jobs a year um, over that you know 10-year span. Um, and they're talking about you know, how it would reduce greenhouse emissions to the equivalent of taking, you know, 1.2 million cars off the road. So that's substantial. Um, and so I think, you know, the main counter argument is, you know, how is this reasonable? You know, this would be an extremely expensive overhaul. And one of the things that they are arguing is that, you know, actually energy retrofits, that would reduce the cost of public housing, water bills, for instance. And I think the figure that they are saying is 97 million per year. That's about 30%, according to some estimates um, by think tanks. And it would also bring down energy costs for consumers um, by, um, you know, over $600 million. That's a 70% reduction. So there's that argument that, you know, this is this is a more affordable thing for people. And, and 
you know, also importantly is that, you know, it's using grant programs to upgrade housing units, you know, for, for low-income people. Um, and so, you know, these communities would, you know, have on-site senior citizens' home. They say in the bill that they would have child care, community gardens. Um, they would have more recycling at the housing. You know, the goal would be to, you know, maximize the energy efficiency of these of these buildings, but also target communities who are, you know, most um, vulnerable to climate change and to, you know, the things that we are going to see more frequent and more intense, like extreme weather, drought, um, you know, flooding a lot of these housing, um, public housing um, is in, you know, flood prone areas. Um, so that is also kind of an important part of this bill is that it's, it's tackling climate change and affordable housing, but it's also, it has components of, you know, inequality um, and justice but also in there, just uh, as the new uh, Green New Deal does. On top of the jobs piece to this, which you mentioned, uh, they also mentioned in, in announcing this, uh, the Buy America requirements. So they want to not only be able to produce the jobs, but they want to make sure that the the pieces that they are using in terms of making these changes are coming from American companies as well. Right, exactly. And and it is interesting when they're talking about, you know, who they're, they're laying out these statistics um, for, you know, how many jobs this will create. You know, they're saying, you know, depending on which states would take you know, this federal money, which is, you know, a complicated issue on its own. But, you know, they're saying, you know, we have 17,000 constructions, maintenance jobs per year. In red states, they're estimating, you know, a lot of jobs, you know, less jobs, 10,000 of these jobs in blue states, um, just all depending on that. But, you know, the people that they're saying who will be employed are, you know, people that are in the public housing units, people who might live nearby work sites. Um, they say union workers, formerly incarcerated people. Um, so, yeah, that's that's also a major major part of it. Um, but of course, that's always, you know, complicated to see, you know, you know, the billions of dollars um, going into the, you know, the public housing stock and how that will sort of work. You mentioned, you mentioned the, the, the different elements that they would want to bring to all of these different public housing units. And when you think about the structure of some of them and being able to put different gardens and, and better recycling in there, yeah. it, it is, it is a, a good time to be able to kind of go down this road because not only that, you're, you're talking about using renewables, but also solar as a component as well. And, and the cost of solar having come down over the last few years makes this a little bit more cost effective to do now. Right, exactly. And a lot of these housing units we're talking about, and there's about you know a million of them in the country, they're in really poor shape. They need to go under significant construction anyway. I mean, the, right now, the way they are running is not sustainable. And, and as a country, you know, we haven't really added to new public housing in a long time. I think, um, if I'm correct, nearly half of the public housing stock hasn't actually been updated since um, the 1970s. You know, a lot of public housing um, in America, as I said earlier, is vulnerable to weather disasters. Um, you know, and that's the main point of concern. And, you know, on a more specific level, you know, with these, you know, units, this bill would kind of address smaller things we might not think about, like, you know, lead pipes, for example, yeah. you know, are present in a lot of these units. I mean, they're releasing toxins and pollutants into drinking water. Those would be replaced. Um, you know, they're, they're talking about toilets that use less water, you know, energy-efficient light bulbs, um, and, and also things like, you know, all-electric modern appliances, um, you know, and then more broadly installing solar panels and insulating the walls and just making these houses more resilient. Well, and I think we forget because we talk about the cost savings 
to these public housing units. But we forget at times that this would be a cost savings for the people that are living in these in these locations as well. Exactly. And, and, and just the complete life upgrade as well. I mean, right now in, in these places are, you know, kind of falling apart in a lot of areas. You know, it's it's the things that the Democrats are arguing is that, you know, this is job creation. This is, you know, boosting livelihoods of many people in these aging house, housing stocks, um, while also reducing, you know, global carbon emissions and, you know, um, you know kind of cleaning up the planet here. And it, it is an extremely expensive initiative. And I think that's where, you know, a lot of the criticism and the backlash comes, um, you know, from Republicans and, and, and critics in general, um, that this is, you know, an unreasonable um, plan. And I think, you know, that kind of goes more broadly um, for the Green New Deal um, and that criticism there for that, that, you know, this is a, this is an aggressive form of socialism, you know, this is too expensive, it's unrealistic, right. you know, saying that, you know, climate plans like this would move the country away from fossil fuels, but also, you know, disrupt the economy and cost construction jobs, whereas, you know, the people writing these bills are saying, no, it will do, it will do the opposite. This is, you know, green jobs here. Emma Newberger of CNBC joining us uh, talking about the proposal by Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to try and improve public housing and at the same time cut carbon dioxide emissions around the United States. The other interesting part to this is obviously when you think about the Green New Deal and all the different elements that that have been uh, talked about by Bernie Sanders and uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, this may be the one element that might have the most teeth to it to be able to get pushed forward in the next year or year and a half when you think of all the other elements that are also at play with the Green New Deal? Right. I mean, it, it, in the prospects of even passing legislation like this are still really dim, um, at least in the current Congress. Um, but this is this is a good issue to combine with climate change because I think, that, you know, more people um, can kind of get behind this, um, you know. But, but it's kind of a similar thing with the bigger climate proposals that we've seen that, you know, it's more of a, you know, kind of rallying up momentum as we go into the next election, um, that this is sort of a forefront issue um, of our time, um, and less so passing specific policy agendas like ASAP, because um, we, we, we've kind of seen the difficulty of doing that there. You know, when the Green New Deal, um, you know, was first introduced, I think back in February, you know, in March, it was, you know, def- completely defeated um, in the Senate. They voted on it like 57-0. It was, you know, kind of pressed down there. Um, but I guess the more important parts of now rolling out these new, um, you know, specific policies that are part of these sweeping legislation is that, you know, it's it's a major call in the federal government, um, you know, to cut costs fossil fuels and a major call on, you know, and these Democratic candidates to talk about it more in the election and also is, you know, getting responses from Republicans um, to come up with their own climate plans as well. Right. And, and I, you go back to the timing issue as well. Once we get past the the beginning of the new year, it's going to be harder and harder to push legislation through because of the focus on the presidential uh, race. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, one thing that I found so sort of interesting is is how the the talk around climate change in general has completely shifted just in a few years. And we've seen right. that with, you know, unprecedented climate town halls on primetime television. I mean, we had, you know, a seven-hour CNN climate town hall with, you know, a majority of the candidates, and then we had a two-day MSNBC climate town hall. I mean, this is kind of unprecedented territory in which we're talking about um, climate change as, a, you know, a global problem. 
Emma, Emma, thanks very much for your time. I have to end it there. We're at the top of the hour. Thank you, Emma. All the best. Anyway, Emma Newberger of CNBC joining us uh, talking about uh, the uh, proposal to improve public housing around the United States at the same time cut carbon dioxide emissions. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.